My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Hey, everybody. I'm Carson. And I'm Kelly. And you're listening to Fastlane Family, brought to you by Bedhead by TG. For a full range of professional styling products, allowing you to express your own personal style, from work to play, light hold or stronghold, visit fantasticsams.com for a salon location near you. All right, welcome back to the Exalta Studio for Fastlane Family. I am super excited this week to have uh, this week's guest is Rusty Wallace. Thank you very much. How are you? It's the first time on this show, isn't it? It is the first. Well, it's not the first time for Wallace, but it's the first time for you. Now, believe it or not, this is the very first time <laughs> I've ever been to JR Motorsports. I, everybody never, says that. I drove for <laughs> 15 minutes out there, running circles, trying to figure out how to get back here. <laughs> and then I kept following the signs. Then I finally saw the signs. I knew the direction pretty well where it was at, but I've been past it, but I never pulled inside. It's really awesome. Really well, cool. Well, I'm kind of disappointed because um, we pay for those signs, you know, with the DOT. And if, if they weren't standing out and working. <laughs> And they weren't doing a good job. Well, I know how to get here now. If you're like most men I know, though, you're not going to like look for directions or anything, right? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't use maps or nothing. I just kind of feel my way around. All right. So what are you up to these, these days, Rusty? I know that our listeners hear you on MRM for the races, but you've got a whole lot going on. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, real happy. Uh, uh, my life is good right now. I just feel really relaxed, probably happier than I've ever been in my life. And I'm, I'm working at a pace that I want to do. And... I worked real hard for a long time, actually 27 years now I've been in a car business. Wow. And we got seven car dealerships all up in the eastern Tennessee area, Morristown, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee, our Chevrolet dealerships in Clinton, Tennessee, and we built a brand new Ford dealership in Dandridge, Tennessee. So we're all up in that area. And that's been doing great. But I just couldn't leave the sport. After the ESPN contract ran out and NBC took over, they had their own group of guys. And so I started doing radio. And I've had the best time of my life working with Motor Racing Network. I do 21 races a year. Perfect. And I do all the International Speedway and NASCAR-owned racetracks. So, unfortunately, probably my favorite track, one of my favorite track is Bristol, where I've won nine times. And you don't but, get to do that but one. But I don't do that one. <laughs> but I do do uh, a lot of them. The Daytona 500, Phoenix, Martinsville, uh, Richmond, Darlington coming up, stuff like that. So, 20, 21 races with the Motor Racing Network. And uh, the guys are so knowledgeable. They totally understand the sport, and I respect them all. You got Winston Kelly. You got Moody there. You got uh, Joe Moore, Jeff Striegel in the booth uh, that I'm with. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'll just a whole line of guys on pit road alex hayden yeah steve post all the guys <laughs> they all got big voices and they they're do. <laughs> yeah and they're fun to hang out with so between the car dealerships and appearances and um, the radio stuff and hanging now out in M- mexico and riding my motorcycle <laughs> I'm, I'm having a good You're time busy. Yeah. busy busy now on the mrn stuff how do you have to go in for the whole weekend of the race and and sort of prepare and do things no when they when we started talking they asked me to come and just do the cup races so what i generally do i'll fly in on a saturday afternoon 
and for a Sunday race. Sunday morning, we have our production meetings. We talk about that. Then I'll walk the garage, and I'll walk out the garage and see some of the guys, some of my buddies. You know, and uh, sometimes you, yeah, I talk to the drivers very seldom because mostly when I'm walking the garages, they're in the buses and, you know, like, like <laughs> I used to do, you're just not going to stand around a garage area. You've already done all your work all week long with getting prepared for the race. So Sunday morning is kind of their zone time. Yeah, well, yeah. They're usually I, doing uh, hospitality and all that good stuff on Sunday And morning, I pass so. them a lot yeah, on, yeah. on golf carts when yeah. I'm traveling in. I see them all shooting all over the place. So, yeah, that's my deal. I'll blow in on a sun- Saturday afternoon and then... Uh, Get a great dinner Saturday night generally and hang out with the MRN guys a little bit. And then Sunday, uh, game on and then fly home that night. That, that sounds pretty good. So you um, you have three kids too, Greg, Stephen, and Katie. Right. Um, when I was a kid, they were little kids. My goodness. Um, I feel old these days, Rusty. I really do. <laughs> you don't look old. I know, but I, I look. I think about being 44 and, and just, you know, I was thinking about this show and thinking about my kid mindset when – you know, you and dad were friends and, and, and not just a kid. I mean, I was in my twenties and, and things and your little kids and coming over and hanging out with Taylor. Remember the whole Santa Claus thing? Oh, I remember when all that stuff. Dad, yeah. <laughs> when you and dad got Santa Claus. But anyway, we'll and focus I re- on the I remember kids. when you bought a car from me. I did buy a car yeah, from, from our, show, our Pontiac dealership up in Morristown, Tennessee. I did. I flew over and uh, they were awesome uh with me and drove back drove through the hills of tennessee and that little g6 i was and now you get to buy a car yeah. from your, your your brother yeah now well now i just drive a car from chevy right there now, you go that's how you do it <laughs> <laughs> until deal. i had to buy a car for my 16 year old daughter which i can't believe i have but greg works for you at rescue Austin incorporated right yeah my oldest yep. son greg's work, works with me yep. he does a lot of our he was always the business minded yeah you know yeah. he doesn't he just doesn't wear one hat he's got yeah. many different hats you know whether it's um you know, going down the Hall of Fame and doing some things or booking me for appearances. He's got me booked. To, <laughs> I'm doing a car show this week up in um, in Fort Wayne, Indiana for Auction America. I'll be up there doing that. I'm uh, doing four different appearances in the next three weeks. And I like doing that. I fly yeah. around there. I do uh, car shows, auto auctions, uh, public speaking. And I enjoy that type of stuff. Now, do you have your flyers? Do you have your pilot's license i still do you yeah do. i thought that you were a pilot yeah i, I sold the plane okay. i've got about twelve thousand hours flying yeah flying planes and so you don't do any of your own flying around but not yeah. not not right now i don't yeah. i just uh as far as flying all over i didn't fly near as much now as i used to sold so i sold the lear and i fly commercial and actually i get around <laughs> just fine i just have a good time doing it but uh and you know the one thing i really learned is that i got to meet so many awesome people going through the airports and in the plane and having long conversations. And when I have my own plane and my own pilot, I was cooped up. I really didn't get to meet anybody or really see what interests a lot of people outside of Of racing world. Yeah. 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 So I've had, I actually had a nice time. That's a pretty good uh, view of that. And then Steven's racing. I want to talk about Steven. He's had a great year. Steven is, I'm going to brag on him. I I actually think, I don't, I mean this, I really think he's the hottest young short track driver in the planet right now we are winning everything yeah. we just won the big race up in indiana the red bud 400 we won the big race over in rougemont north carolina two weeks ago our worst finish all year long has been a fourth um tony Erie jr and tony Erie senior are building stevens cars yeah uh, along with jeff fultz uh jeff fultz is stevens crew chief which is a great crew chief and I, I just feel so good because it seems like everywhere I go, I'm seeing organization like I've never seen in my life. 
you know, and I get asked constantly, when's he going to get back in Xfinity? When's he going to get back in, uh, is he ever thinking about doing Cup? And, you know, I, I don't know how to say this. He, every time I mention that to Steven, what about getting back in? Should we start beating the bushes down and trying to hunt some money and do this and that? And he's like, Dad, you know, I'm so comfortable he's doing right now. He's what he's doing. I'm yeah. winning everything. Yeah. I feel great, you know, and. There's so, something yeah. to be said about that, you know? I mean, he's, he's, you know, you've heard of the, he's, he's the big fish in a small pond at the moment, you know, and he's comfortable and he's <laughs> doing well and he doesn't feel like he's going to the race every single week with a gun to his head. Yeah, that's and, what I say. It suits his personality, you yeah, know, that just suits his deal. And he is, I just left him and he's over to shop. He calls himself the one man band. He won't let anybody touch his car. Like we're here at a, at a cup shop or this shop, you got... You know, 50, 60 employees, cup guys got three or 400. We're winning everything, and we have one. Wow. Steven, what <laughs> happens is Tony Urie Jr. and Tony Urie Sr. and Fultz and the guys at Fury Cars, they build the car. They put the body on it. They send it to us. We wire it. We plumb it. We put it all together. We decal it. And Steven does that. And Steven does all that. He does fits. all that. He was over, I was over a little while ago, and he was just looking at every single little bolt on the car, making sure it was perfect. Wow. He polishes everything. It's The car <laughs> is the most beautiful, sexy hot rod you ever seen in your life. And so, and then we deliver it next week to Fury. They set the car all up perfect with their guys. We put it in a truck, then we go to the track. Dang. And you would think it'd take a whole pile of guys to do this, but he does have really good help. I would yeah, say that. Yeah. He's got guys that come by in the evening like normal short trackers did. Yeah. And so it's just not all him. He's got, you know, many. Good group of guys. Yeah. He's got a group yeah, of guys yeah. that really help him. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. I see him from time to time out eating. So um, the success, that's just awesome to hear so about. What about well. Katie? What's Katie she is, to? Uh, Katie's went to college. Uh -huh. She's, she went back to college. She, you know, she did four years of business at Wake Forest. and she went back and got her professional uh, accounting degree. Oh, nice. And now she's a full, full-blown certified uh, accountant. She works on a Greer and Walker in the city okay, of Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. So she's a Greer, Greer and Walker. Walker is um, who handles our accounting stuff. They do we mine might too. Run into her one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Greer and Walker does all of mine, and uh, yeah. So she's been fantastic. Good. So everybody's yeah. happy right now. And you now. don't have any grandkids or anything like that, right? Oh no, yeah, you do have grandkids. Yeah, Greg's a little baby Ian. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, so, I have missed the boat. We're all excited. In fact, so I, you are a grandparent. You should have seen the shirts I brought back from Sturgis. Just little little bitty suckers, you know. Got How our, old is Ian? Ian's sixteen months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so so we got tiny. a little we got a little little uh, Harley Davidson shirts for him. Oh, well, that's and fun. All kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I bet Patty loves that. Oh, uh, she does. Oh, Everything's going great there. Well, that is awesome. That sounds really. That just sounds really. What fun. about you? You got kids now, right? I, well, I have five, eleven, and seventeen almost. Oh man. Kid. Yeah, my little boy's going into kindergarten. I can't believe it, and um, just sounds really weird to talk about my kids with you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here talking to my dad, like about my kids. Like, that's just really weird. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, I, a, I used to hang out with your dad a lot, you know. I know. So, I know. So We're going to talk we, about that. We can because talk this stuff. <laughs> it is because it's Fastlane family. So we are going to talk about that. And I was, I was thinking about our um, fun New Year's Eve night that we had over at the trophy room that night. But um, I know you did spend a lot of time with my dad and y'all had like love, hate relationships on and off the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> we had some good ones. Yeah. He's, you know, I always respected what he did and his, his business mind he had yeah. and the things he was able to do. And, but I think he, one thing that I know that he respected about what I did was how I grew up racing, yeah. building my own cars, designing my own cars and all the chassis stuff. Cause he used to always 
drive me crazy about, hey, man, what are you going to run this week in your car at Bristol? Hey, what are you going to do this? And I would tell him the truth. I will tell you, I would tell him the truth because I probably couldn't drive his setup and he couldn't drive mine. Uh, but he always pulled practical jokes on me. I mean, we used to go to the Bahamas a lot and on the boats down there. And I remember one day I came back and I went down to my uh, room in our boat and my whole entire bed was covered with Budweiser cans because <laughs> I was sponsored by Miller and he was, he was the Budweiser guy. So he put Budweiser cans all over the place. And one story I tell quite a bit that people always ask for a, a Dale and Rusty story. And I said, well, I'll never forget the day that I was at Darlington, South Carolina. It was a Southern 500. It was so hot. It was unreal. And we qualified, Ooh, I think. I like, know where this is going. Yeah. I think we qualified like fifth or seventh or something like that. No matter what, I was fifth and he was right behind me. And we're talking like crazy. Come time to get in a car and I jumped in a car and I sat in the seat and I went, oh, my God, this thing. First of all, this car really smells really bad for some reason. I don't know what it is. And second of all, when I got in the seat, I feel like I was sliding all around the seat. Well, come to find out, they snuck over and we're going for the championship. Him and I are going for the championship together. So he's constantly trying to rattle me a little bit. But he pulled my seat cushion up and he drank, he took five cans of sardines and pulled a lid off and dumped five cans of sardines on my seat and put the cushion back down. And when I sat in there, I'm like, something is wrong. And it was terrible. Well, anyway, we got all that crap cleaned out, cleaned it all up, put the seat back. I went over to have the race of my life with Bill Elliott and I finished second and your dad blew up. <laughs> and I told him, that's like, what you get for a doggone putting those. Karma's those, up. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, so we had fun like that. So we, we were always joking and laughing back and forth, but great you guy. Were, you were talking about, um, you know, respecting working on your own stuff and all that. And I think that's, uh, what do you think about that today and these young drivers and, and the changing of the guards always happened in the sport. It happened with you and dad and when Jeff Gordon came in mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But it, it is really a unique time that we're going through right now. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's nobody really agrees with what I say nowadays <laughs> on that. And it's because I got a real, real pointed point of view on that. And look, myself, Mark Martin, uh, Dick Trickle, all those guys that grew up in American Speed Association. Yeah. We built our own cars. We understood every component, every build of the shock, every bit of air pressure, all the settings. I When I got my car, my cup cars, I'm talking. Yeah. I knew every single setup in that car, and I was very, very involved in what went in that car. And I've told everybody, I really firmly believe, and I tell young drivers this to come up to me about how do you succeed. <laughs> I tell them, I said, look, if you want to succeed on a consistent basis, I'm not talking about succeed. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about succeeding on a consistent basis. That means going out there, running the top five, all the races, and being the guy to look at every single week. You got to understand your car. You got to understand every component. You can't walk in the door all dressed up and say, hey, I'll be there this week. And then you get in a car and say, look, this stupid thing won't run. I hate it. You give me another one. This is junk. <laughs> you know, you can't do that, man, or else you're going to be super consistent, inconsistent. So I tell them, number one, if you want to really be there, get in or understand that car. Get back in that shop. Take those guys to lunch. Hang out with them. You know, yeah. really understand. Now, I got in a heated argument with uh, with Jeff Gordon. I caught him at a bad moment in Michigan when he was getting his butt kicked. And I said, man, you just got to understand more about these cars. You got to quit relying on everybody else to do everything for you. He jumped on me and he said, let me tell you what. He said, if you wouldn't have got so involved with your car, you'd have won more races yet. I said, well, maybe. 
but it's obviously not working for you right now. <laughs> and we got in a big argument about that. But he had a different point of view. He said, look, you hire the guys to do the job. They're great engineers, great mechanics. Let them do it. I'm going to give them the feedback. Uh, that's what him and Ray Abraham did, and it worked really, really yeah, good. Yeah. But you got, in my opinion, you got to have a really solid crew chief that really understands your frame of mind to make that work. Well, I think what's important, if if you don't have that background like you guys did, you the relationship between that crew chief and that driver is so so much more important. Meaning their chemistry of that. Yeah. Because if they don't understand each other, if it's one thing for you to be able to say, I want X, Y, Z change because you know what that's going to do where these, a lot of these younger ones can't pinpoint what change they want. And for the crew chief to then determine their words they're using and then make a change mechanically. Well, you for, know? For, Ray, mean, for Ray to be so uh, yeah. uh, repetitive with what Dale, what Jeff Gordon wanted, that really worked good for him. Yeah. And for Jimmy Johnson and Canals to be so repetitive and be together for so long. Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. But then you take these really good drivers and you keep popping all these different crew chiefs yeah. at them. And to me, it just like yeah. scrambles everything. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm still big on, you know, understanding yeah. the car now. Yeah. But I realize things have changed. I talked to Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton, uh, right before he quit, I said, uh, "What's going on?" He said, "Man, I am so confused. I don't know what's going on." He said, "I won't even. I'm not. I'm, I refuse to give any do anything with this chassis any longer. I'm staying out of this deal." And I'll tell you, he'll tell you too. He he went to work for Childress. He had a tough, tough time. And at the very end of it, so what you do? I said, well, I got my nose back in there because getting completely out of it was not working. Yeah, yeah. So he, he a- attempted to get back in it and figure and, and try to figure it out. And then he just retired. <laughs> so, I mean, th- this stuff's hard, but uh, when, it, when it gets real hard, you got to dig harder. Yeah. You just can't say, I've had it. Let the engineers do this. Yeah. And so uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's true. It's true. I forgot, too, sitting here thinking we um, – we, uh, I was Rusty's account manager at Sports Image Action Performance. Um, you made me a lot of money. And, well, I, you know what? <laughs> I always remember those meetings with you, and you always wanted to outsell my dad. You want to outdo well, my dad. Let me tell you what, that wasn't, gonna, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and I, I remember, I, I, well, and not not necessarily outsell, but I, w- I would remember being in meetings like about Walmart and which driver's T-shirts they were carrying, and you're like, are they carrying mine? And But we did have a fun trip out to Graceland when you ran the uh, Elvis Miller Lite car, and I was the account manager then. And you know, a lot of people don't know along. that. If you go to Graceland right now, you walk in there and you walk down, you open the front door to Graceland uh-huh. and you walk in there and there's that Elvis Presley car sitting there and you make the corner and there's John Force's funny car still sitting How there. How about that? Yeah, I didn't from know one, that. Yeah, we did that big promotion out in Las yeah, Vegas with, yeah. with Fred Wagonall. Yeah. And man, that was a really, really fun time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I still have, I have a picture of all of us out in front of Graceland with that when we went there. I didn't know the cars were out there. I haven't been there since then. <laughs> I might need to get back at it. She, you handle a lot of that account stuff. And yeah, I learned one thing. I, I would squeak, man. I had somebody tell me, said, I, I was complaining about something one time to one of the NASCAR guys. I was in a meeting. I think I was actually in a meeting with Mr. France and a couple other guys. And I was just raising hell about something. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I don't like this. I don't like that. And he said, you know what? He said, I can't read your mind, what you're interested you in. Say. He said, squeaky wheel gets a grease. I said, well, I'm going to squeak like hell then. I'll tell you that. And so same stuff. That went the, hard, huh? Same <laughs> stuff with the merchandise stuff. You hear like, oh, I'm getting my merchandise at Walmart. I said, well, is mine in there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's too funny. Uh, yeah, we did stuff like that. It was good stuff. So what's your, what, what do you think, um, you know, being a retired driver looking at the sport now, kind of what's your take on the sport, you know, 
Well, I mean, I my my take is that I mean it's, it's no secret that you know some of the stands we lost a, a lot of people through the the bad economic times and the change of the cars. And there's so many people retiring right now, and the change of guard is real obvious, you know. Yeah. I mean, you got Matt Kenseth out there, a great driver, yeah, and three good drivers right now with no. Yeah, and then they're they're yeah. picking up and coming young guys, yeah. you know. That surprises me. Yeah. They're really looking down the road, but I, I think the car's better. You know, they, they keep getting that thing better. I've always I was internally I've been a little bit negative on that car for a long, long time. Just that whole design, but they're getting that better. Um, the fans, I, I noticed, like I went to Pocono and I announced the race in Pocono and it was a gigantic crowd. Mm -hmm. The infield at Pocono, they said they had the largest crowd in the history of that racetrack. And it was just a sea of people everywhere. And Watkins Glen, I went to Watkins Glen. I went up there early to the state capital. I did all advanced PR for the racetrack. That's part of my job with uh -huh. International Speedway Corporation. Not only do I announce the races, I go in and do a lot of advanced work. Yeah. yeah, so next week I'm in Phoenix, Arizona doing the same thing. I was in Pocono. I was up in Watkins Glen doing all the same stuff. You're still traveling a lot. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and so I got to see the opinions and attitudes of people. But when I got to Pocono and saw that many people, I was like, wow. The sport, you know, people always keep saying, hey, man, we're all the people. That see. you got some empty seats. Well, there's there's tracks that do and tracks that don't. And, I, you know, Pocono was not one of them. They they really wanted it bad. Yeah. So I think with the new drivers coming, they're going to have to prove themselves. They're going to have to really be accessible. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, they're going to have to get out and start, start some crap and be controversial, you know. <laughs> there's one guy that I really, really, uh, I think still this day is a super smart guy. Uh, and that's Fred Wagonalls. And Fred's got, I see him quite a bit, and he's got an opinion. Back when your dad was racing, I was racing, I had an attitude. He had an attitude. Yeah. We all had nicknames. We all had different things. And we don't have that as much nowadays. Yep. And people are craving for that. They really want that. So I think these drivers got to rough each other a little, up a little bit. They got to have their own image. They got to be kind of a little controversial. They can't be quiet. They can't be, you know, timid. Personality, personality is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. I agree. I agree. So okay. you're asking my opinion. I'm telling you, I think these drivers got to need a little more of that. That's one thing. Got to have a great car. There's a few you know? of them, though, that are going there, I think, from a personality standpoint. I mean, they're, you know, a little bit here and there, but there's not as much as there used to be. Yeah. yeah. And what you're talking about, there's, yeah, there's different levels. Yeah. You know, there's, so let me, let me say this. If there's a level one to a 10, okay, <laughs> your dad was like. A we, we only got like twos and threes, maybe. <laughs> your dad was like a level 10. He yeah. was like, had yeah. the ultimate, yeah. the way he dressed, all in black, his sunglasses, his belt buckles, Cowboy his attitude, <laughs> all the country and Western bands he hung out with, all the incredible fun times we had. Oh. I had my cocky ass attitude too. And, we, and I had, I was like an eight. He was like a 10, okay, in my opinion. Then you had Tony Stewart come on. And Tony's up there at an eight or a seven, you know. And, but a totally different personality yeah, and then, than you. Then your brother, yeah, your yeah. brother is dominating in, in, in his arena. But then we got these new guys, and they're twos and threes when yeah. it comes to attitudes. So yeah, look, I'll just yeah. say it. I don't care, you know. And <laughs> and so we got to get some more eights and tens, you know. I have a question just for my own my something I want to know. Um, in terms of your dad was an accomplished race car driver, late model driver. Yeah. Um, and the three of you brothers, everybody knows that you raced. So did y'all all start racing sim at similar times? Did y'all all race together? And my question to that is competitiveness or 
like I have this thing with my three kids and I don't know if you had it with your three kids about how much attention you pay all of them and how do you divvy your attention out and mm-hmm. who's getting this one and who, and, and, you know, I have this whole middle child syndrome going on right now with my middle one that she doesn't get enough attention between the baby and the oldest and all that. So as racers and boys, how, what was that like for you guys? That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And, <laughs> and I was, I think I was pretty fortunate the way it worked out. Cause when dad was a short track racer in, in St. Louis yeah. and he owned a company called okay vacuum and janitorial supply. And it's a pretty big size company. We supplied all the ride on floor scrubbers and vacuum cleaners, the big corporations like McDonnell Douglas and all this back then at the Anheuser-Busch. And that's what the business was. And dad, but on the weekends he would race his car and Mike, Kenny, and myself worked on Dad's cars. And so we were the crew. Yep. And Dad went out there and won all these races. And he was kind of controversial. You know, he was kind of cool to watch. He was a real aggressive driver and had his flat top haircut. And, yeah. And, he was um, a great man. Yeah, my mom <laughs> would drive in the powder puff derbies, they called it, every now and then. And every now and then you'll see a big brawl going on up in the grandstands. Like, what in the world is going on? We look up and it was mom. Some guy would cuss dad out. He'd call him some bad names and mom would go nuts. And so, but that all happened. But then Mike... I got an opportunity to go short track asphalt racing. So I started kind of doing some of the short track asphalt racing around, man, I wouldn't even call it around the area. I I started heading to Bakersfield, California, and I'd be doing Wisconsin, and I was all over the place. Well, Mike had a big opportunity to go dirt racing. So then Mike was off doing all this dirt racing. And by that time, Dad decided to hang it up, and you guys start doing your own deal. Well, then Kenny was going with me as my mechanic, so then when I got the opportunity to come down and do Cup in 84, Kenny started doing the asphalt stuff that I was doing. Ah. So never at one time. So really time, at the same. And it wasn't that your parents were sort of behind you, pushing you as kids. Because you didn't start racing as early as these kids do now. You yeah. Know? I, my I first mean, cup ride, I, we were laughing about the other day. I got my very first cup ride when I was 27 years yeah, old. Yeah. I was 27 yeah. when I started. Yeah. And so. And when did you start racing? Period. Just oh, even in the I, stock cars. I was 16 years yeah, old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 16 yeah. years old. Now I you got my first like break. S- six months if they could. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So I look over at uh, Jeff Burton's son. I looked at Joe Nemechek's yeah. son. Those little dudes were like three foot tall. They're yeah. in the car, just going, going like crazy, out driving at, really good. Out where Carson races her little outlaw carts, they have a, a cadet class, and they're three and four year olds, and they ride around at a snail's pace, but they're out there behind a wheel, yeah. in a little cart. It's crazy. And it's like, what are you going to do with them for the next? 15 years until they can go drive something you know <laughs> well the brothers mike and kenny they uh they were doing i was doing cup mike was dirt track racing kenny was short track racing then they had the opportunity to come down south yep. and mike started doing some xfinity racing and kenny started doing um all kind of different racing kenny's drove everything he drove he cup cars he's still driving everything <laughs> yeah and he's just he's, he's winning, winning too he's winning like crazy in those dirt cars and he loves it i know really does. it is awesome it is very awesome now do y'all do family get togethers yeah well at least a couple times a year we do yeah. we get together all the time in fact it was just my birthday two days ago okay oh yeah that's right i forgot your birthday was in august like mine yeah, yeah. august 14th yeah. so i had a Patty took me to this great dinner up in the mountains of North Carolina, and then uh, Katie took me another great dinner, and then Greg took me for lunch yesterday, and then now Stephen's birthday is the 18th of August, so we got a big blowout this coming Thursday, and uh, everybody's getting together for him. Coming together. Then Stephen's getting married on September the 22nd, up oh. in the, where he's going to get married up in the mountains of North Carolina, up in Banner Elk. 
okay. at the golf course I yeah. hang out at up there. Nice. So yeah, we we all get together for a lot. You know, now does your whole Wallace family get together with your mom and brothers and? Well, for, that, for the for wedding like day, or, Christmas and things yeah, like that. Yeah, for Christmas yeah, and yeah, yeah. not Thanksgiving as much because everybody's doing all kind of their own deal on yeah, Thanksgiving. I know. But, it's as we age, as kids age, and we we have branching out to our own family, and then you've got you know family on both sides, and before you know it, there's way too many people to have to go see. Yeah, you used to go to one spot all <laughs> yeah, the time, and now yeah, that doesn't happen yeah. any longer because the older you get, and yeah, just uh, it's weird. Just everybody different. comes in, and it, it is what it is. Yeah. And it get, creates controversy, too, man. I'm telling you what. Because everybody, grandma's like, why aren't you at my house? Exactly. I was just going like, to say and that. And then grandma's wondering, why are you over at that house? <laughs> well, my wife wants me to be here. And my and Rusty wants me to be here. And it's, so we just find out. We just, we're a little bit everywhere. Hey, it's, it's never consistent. Nothing we're doing. My <laughs> mama Earnhardt, she, for years, it drove me nuts. Because she would, you know, Dale. I mean, he would half the time show up, not half the time show up. So and she would, it would be my fault, my problem, my deal on where Dale was. Where's your brother? Why is your brother not here? Da, 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 da. And I would just get all so crazy. I'm like, I don't know where he is. I'm the only one here for my family. You know, my dad's not here anymore. Carrie's not here. Taylor doesn't come. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> and finally, I just gave it up and was like, you know what? I'm not going to answer for him anymore. I'm going to find this peace in my life that I'm not his caretaker. And now he comes to all the damn family events. Yeah. Well, it's because he's getting yeah. older and he's sentimental. He's starting yeah. to think more. Yeah. Before he just drove his brains out but like Mama I did. But will get it, mad. You didn't yeah. have time when you're, when you're building your career. You didn't have time to think of all the proper things yeah. to do. We don't get excited about the 45 people that showed up. We're curious about where the three are that didn't yeah. make it, you know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you branch out and, and your families grow, it's just so hard. You know, I've uh, I've really, really enjoyed this motorcycle thing I've been doing. Yeah, I haven't talked to you much about that, but I told you no. I just got back from Sturgis. I was out there for the motorcycle rally. And you talk about race fans. I mean, million people out there. And they're all running around in NASCAR shirts. Yeah. A lot of them are. And, a lot, and they're just huge fans. I'm listening to this radio station out there. It's called X-Rock. Really awesome. In fact, I, I'm streaming it to my race shop right now. <laughs> and I just listened and said, it's alive in Spearfish, Spearfish, South Dakota today. We're doing this. I'm like, it just feels like I'm still there. And it's there. awesome, you know. And it said, okay, we got our NASCAR racing report coming up. I'm like, what? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I hardly ever hear the NASCAR racing report. You Anymore, know? right. Yeah, exactly. and out there in Spearfish, South Dakota, that's what they're talking about. But that, that, mo that motorcycle gang of people, man, I, I just love their attitudes and the way they act and how they appreciate it. And there's a lot of old school dudes out there too. Yeah. And those old school guys <laughs> can relate to me and <laughs> my mindset. So I've been enjoying that a lot. I know you were talking about Pocono in the campground. I went to the first po Pocono race in June and I thought that, you know, the same thing about the campground and just looking out and there, there's still a massive amount of people coming to NASCAR races. There really is a ton. Of there people. really is. Yeah. I mean, you go to California Speedway, it's sold out. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona, it's going to be sold out. Yep. Watkins Glen, all the seating sold out. Pocono, Pennsylvania, within 1,000 people is sold out. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't. And I, I guess one of the I'm switching gears a little bit, I guess one of the most disappointing things for me is the doggone Indianapolis thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what in the world's going on on there. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, the last time I raced there, we had 300,000 people in the yeah. grandstands. Yeah, that was I don't 2000 get that one either. That was 2005. Yeah. You know? Not that terribly long ago. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was packed solid. And what's caused it to, to deteriorate? There, there'd be, if we had opened it up, opened up a phone line for opinions, there'd be a thousand of them, you know? Uh, maybe it was the car. Maybe it's a tire to buckle back. We do in the day. have Who a phone. Knows? We have a phone line for opinions. It's called Twitter. 
Oh, really? <laughs> my now son you're does. you're on Twitter. Are my you son on Twitter? Is. Your son, okay. My son okay. does all my Twitter okay. stuff. So, okay. Yeah. So you don't get on there with your own opinions and, and whatnot. Exactly. No. If yeah. I'm trying to pump something up, I'll say, Greg, <laughs> put that on that Twitter machine and send that out. You know? <laughs> I call it the Twitter machine. That's what you call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my mom can never. She's like, don't, don't put that on face, whatever that is. I'm like, mom, it's Facebook, you know, it's Facebook. And it's a big deal. So you don't do, <laughs> and you don't. That social media is just still kind of now we're arms involved, length for you. It's arms length. We're, we're involved in all of it, and Greg runs it. Greg for me. gets it. Greg yeah. does it yeah. all. You know, yeah. hey dad, what do you yeah. think about this? And he'll yeah. type it and send it out. Yeah. You know, or hey dad, what about this? You know, or if there's some really cool pictures and stuff like I just mentioned from Sturgis or whatever, yeah. he'll send that out. It was my birthday the other day, and, and Greg comes running, and he said, take a look at this. He got the phone out, and he just kept swiping with his fingers, and it wouldn't stop. It went on and All on and on. messages. Yeah, and it was really cool stuff. It was NASCAR. NASCAR put a neat deal out. It said, I'm going to look back at Rusty's career. Watkins Glen. I look at Watkins Glen. It's got me and Ricky Rudd running off in the grass and bouncing off the wall on the last lap with the checkered flag flying. I love to relive all that. Stuff like that, I you know? know. that we just don't stop and think about, you know? I had a great time looking at that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yesterday yeah. showed, he showed that to me at lunch. I think those times, um, I was, we were doing something that I, I like those opportunities. Oh, it's Hall of Fame stuff when um, Richard and Mr. Hendrick got in inducted you know this past january and looking at all that old footage i mean we don't take enough time to to sit and appreciate that stuff because we're in the busyness of our today's world and it's so cool when you get to do that it really is i'm actually after i leave you in a couple hours i'm going down to the hall of fame and we're shooting fs1 once to go back in time a little bit and they want me to recap uh, when I won the inauguration in Japan. Oh. So we're going to talk, going to talk about going back That's in time. That's cool. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was me and your pop again going at it, you know. That was in what, Gordon. 90, when did y'all go to Japan? Gosh, 96? I, it's, yeah. So I, I think, don't know, 6, Yeah, eight, I was six. actually in a blue Ford Thunderbird. So, yeah, it had to be in 96, 97, yeah, like that. That was a ago. fun time. So do you still have, like, your house? You still got all your trophies out and all that? Like, no. Where's your memorabilia? No, you're not. Gonna, Where are those nine Bristol trophies? You're not going to believe this. <laughs> we, I've got many trophies up at the dealerships. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the brand new Ford dealership in Danbury. Well, that's awesome, so people can see them and yeah. share in it. So up there at the Ford yeah. dealership on display at our new Ford dealership at Danvers, Tennessee, is Midnight, my favorite yep. car that was on display at the Hall of Fame for a year as a Ford. And so up there, we've got four Bristol trophies on display there. Okay. And then the Chevy stores got uh, the car that I finished. Now, my Chevrolet dealership has got a, a, my 50th win Ford on display <laughs> on the showroom at the Chevy store, <laughs> so which is kind of cool. My partner, yeah. Ray Huffaker, he goes, just I don't care. Bring it up here. I said, yeah. okay. And then uh, one car that I'm really pretty proud of, and it was kind of a sentimental deal, is my car, that I, my very last car I ever drove in my life, is on display right now in Daytona at the Hall of Fame of America. Oh, cool. And so when you walk in there, the stock car section's got that car, and Indy cars got Chip Ganassi's car, and so on and so forth. I uh, did that, but um, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Well, we were just talking about where all your memorabilia all my stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, guess where it's at? Storage. 80% <laughs> of my trophies and my clocks and all that mm -hmm. stuff is on display. I mean, it is in storage at the Hall of Fame. Okay. There's a, yeah. a, a, a temperature controlled room downstairs. Uh, it's about as big as this area right here. This It's about 30 feet wide by about 50 feet long. And you walk in there, it's probably got 
200 uniforms lined up and racked. It's got all my clocks from Martinsville, a lot of the Bristol trophies, uh, Rockingham trophies, the big rocks on the trophies. Yeah. So what happened was when I sold RWI, my main office, mm-hmm. uh, I had most everything there. And we were really scratching our head. What am I going to do with all this, you know? And Winston Kelly and those guys popped us. Why don't you bring it to the Hall of Fame? So we loaded up and took many, many, many trips. So if you go down the basement at the Hall of Fame, you're going to go, what is this? The Rusty Wallace Museum. And it's all my stuff. And so every now and then they'll go down there and they'll grab a piece and they'll put it on display. So they keep cycling my stuff out the Hall of Fame. Well, that's cool. So that's where it's all at. Yeah. It's a good idea. Patty doesn't like it at the house. Yeah. You know. It, it, It interferes with our decor. I guess so, man. She doesn't like it at the house. I mean, you would think that I'd have crap all over the walls everywhere, and I don't have hardly anything at my home. I no, don't. You, so you don't get to reminisce about it because you don't see it. No. My cup trophy's at home. Okay. My cup trophy's at home. Some of the Charlotte Motor Speedway tr- uh, wins I've had because that's kind of a unique trophy. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the little dial They're, they're at thing. home. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. It's got it all. Well, at least you got it in a great place, though. That's, I'm pretty happy yeah, with it. Yeah, a it's place. a great location. Yeah. Now, in my yeah. office now here in the park, uh, I've got two Bristol trophies there, and I've got – what else have I got? Oh, i got my Japan. My inaugural Japan win is on display there. Although, that- they asked me to bring it for the deal today. Oh. <laughs> so, my actually, my, my, my Japan trophy, which is a wild trophy, it's in the back of my Denali outside right now. I was going to say, what that trophy look like? I don't remember what the Japan one looked like. It's pretty ornate looking. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a piece of a, a pearl. Is it pearl or jade? A big jade piece that it's about a foot and a half tall, and it's, it, it tapers from the bottom outward like a, a cup, but it's made out of jade. It's really How awesome. How many years did y'all go to Japan? Was it we just to, a couple times? Yeah, we went to Japan for three years. Three and the years. whole deal was to spread worldwide attention to the sport of NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was always built at. So we went out there. And Mazak, which is a big CNC machine company, mm-hmm. uh, they're located by the track. And so we spent a lot of t- – we actually went to Japan twice before the race doing some promotions for the sponsors and stuff. But I was able to go out there and grab the pole position and I won the race. Yeah. But then we moved it from the road course over to Motegi mm-hmm. to the Motegi, oval. I remember that. Yep. To the mm-hmm. oval track. Yep. And you know what? We went back. That's, I know we did. We did uh, the Suzuka Japan the first time and mm-hmm. I won that. Went back to Suzuka the second time. And I think I qualified second then blew, blew an engine in the race. Then you went to the oval. Then we went to Motegi. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that race and I think, Mike Skinner actually won that race. I, I think, think he did. I think that was a race that Dale and Dad I think did the Coke. I think Dale went that year. I remember. I got a good story about that one. <laughs> I remember going to that race in um, we we're at Motegi and and Dale Junior raced yeah, yeah. and Dale Senior yeah, raced. Yeah. And they got into it during yeah, the race. Yeah. And they got mad at each other, really mad. So mad it was that was a, it was uncomfortable because they all put us in a bus to bring us to to the airport. <laughs> And and I remember Dale going, uh, Dale Senior, your mom's not gonna like this, or Mama ain't gonna like this, or Dale's like, I don't care, and they're going back and forth. And I'm like, man, they're actually. Dad was mad at Dale for something. Yeah, they were yeah, mad at each yeah, other. They yeah. were pissed. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> they were. And I went, oh, this is pretty fun to yeah. watch, you know. But Skinner won the race, and I think I finished like sixth or seventh or something. But yeah, they got into it during it was the race. Never something fun happened. to make my dad mad. Never he, fun. He was real quiet. But <laughs> when he when he spoke, I mean, when he spoke in that bus, he was quiet. But quiet, mad. He would. They would snap at each other. They would spin their heads around and look at each other and go, ba 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 ba. It finally quit. 
I know one of the things that Dale shared recently was um, his disappointment about you not pushing him to the win at Michigan in the IROC race, and you pushed my dad to the win. What was up with that? <laughs> I don't know if I remember that one. I'll be darned. I love the IROC series, though. That was one of my favorites. It was great. That was I, I really loved it. Jay Signori ran that whole thing, and he did a great yeah. job. And a lot of crew chiefs got their brakes right yeah, there. Yeah, they did. No, yeah. that's where Abraham started. Yeah. You know, he did a great job doing that. He was my crew chief. It seemed like every time I go to the races, they would pair of these different crew chiefs and i got i got ray more than two or three times you know it'd be my crew chief yeah. so we had fun 93 was my best year won the championship in 93 in iraq and won with that five or six races and i think i won four of them yeah it was good i just always liked that series i always thought it was cool for everybody yeah, it to come was together really like good that. yeah yeah and those babies never handle too good. <laughs> and you really had to drive them hard. And, boy, there were some big crashes and some big runs and some exciting stuff. I got a lot of great pictures hanging in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I got actually two of them at my office now with all the drivers lined Signed up. Signed and, and, yeah. And you see Al Unser Jr. there. You'd see me. You'd see your dad. You'd see Steve Kinzer. Yeah. We saw a bunch of different, uh, you know, drivers different from different disciplines. Yeah. 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 That was very cool. Do you go to many other type of races, drag racing or anything? Or? I love drag yeah. racing. I haven't been to one since since my buddy Don Perdome retired. Uh, I watch them all the time. Yeah. I love, really love drag racing. And um, But as far as other type of racing, I just do the cup races yeah. right now. And I go to the, the majority of Stevens races. I like watching him race. Yeah. My last one with him was with Ber uh, Berlin, Michigan. Okay. Went to Berlin. And we're going back again for this a big race on August the 26th. It's called the 251. And it's a pretty big race. And so we'll go up there. How many times will Steven run in a given year? Like uh, 14. Just 14 races? 14 wow. races. Yeah. Okay. He does 14 yeah, races. Okay. gives us plenty of time in between races yeah. to really. He just runs the big ones. He just runs all the big ones. Yeah. Hammer down on the big ones. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Way to do it. He uh, he calls it molecule. And he, he said, I take my car and I can molecule that baby, man. <laughs> so I rub on it and I make it perfect, you know. So, yeah, they're really prepared great. All right. It's time to talk hair. We're going to leave Rusty out of this one. And uh, producer Natalie and I are going to take over and uh, talk about a great product from Bedhead by TG. This is my favorite hairspray. Oh my goodness, I love that dry shampoo. Well, this week's product is the Catwalk Strong Mousse. And this is a product that I like to use on a regular basis. I have super, super long hair, sticks straight, unfortunately, so it's really hard to keep a curl. And actually, last year, when all of the guys were here giving you a makeover, I asked them, what is a good product for me to you know, keep my hair curled? And they actually suggested this. So when my hair is wet, I put the mousse on and kind of crunch it which you can use it to kind of, you know, with that wet curl look, but I actually yeah. dry it and then I curl it. And with my hair never holds a curl. And when I use this, I can definitely tell a difference with the mousse in, but I need to try that too. I got that stick straight hair too. So the you catwalk do. mousse might be a, mm -hmm. a good product for, for me to give a whirl. Cause I do like to do those loose curls and yeah. Yeah. And if it'll help that, um, help that hold, that would be awesome. I'm sure it provides a lot of, uh, other great benefits to your hair too. So yeah, it helps with the humidity. And then we actually, Carson had a photo shoot that her and I did with some bedhead products. And that was one of the products that we used in her hair to keep the, keep the curl. And I was explaining to her how to use it. Cause some people think that it's only to keep those like wet defined yeah, curl looks, yeah, but yeah. I actually blow dry my hair and still kind of crunch it with it. So it has that, you know, the texture and then you curl it and it just, it, it holds all day. But otherwise it's the only thing I can find that keeps my curls. Otherwise hairspray just doesn't do the job. Awesome. So if you're looking for that all day curl hold, be sure to pick up the catwalk strong mousse at a fantastic Sam's and for a location nearest to you visit fantastic Sam's.com.
All right, good. Well, this has been fun. I'm I'm good. I don't know if there's anything you want to leave on, but uh, we can think, go on uh, and on and on. I know. But well, you've got you stories are... after stories. You've been here for you've uh, you've been in the sport a really long time. We could talk for hours. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish I wish you well. I hope your show's still going good. I, how are you feeling about your brother retiring? You know, it's weird. You personally, I mean, I'm talking. No, yeah, I know. It's weird. It really is weird. Um, you got an empty I, feel. I don't think it's really hit me yet. Um, yeah. I was watching him do something the other day, and I almost started getting teary-eyed because it. I think we were actually talking about the homestead and the end of the year and just, like, how things are going to – it's just going to be very overwhelming, I think, that weekend. Because every weekend, he's trying to still do his thing and mm-hmm. win races. Yeah. And, and at the same time, there's all this, like, fanfare stuff that people want to happen and go on and do and all that. And so we've been really trying to balance that. And we were thinking about Homestead and how crazy that's going to be. Um, but it's going to be really weird for me not to be watching him out on the racetrack, you know. I mean, I watched my dad. I watched my brother all these years. And it's going to be strange. Yeah. Well, what it's got, going to be strange. What got me through it was just all this different activity outside of racing you have fun with. You know, yeah. the mo- the motorcycle stuff. I love golf, and I golf a ton. I'm up at the dealerships a lot. I'm still doing appearance. So I, I got myself really, really act, or, uh, real busy and yeah. a lot of things going on, you know. And yeah. But I imagine it took some years for this transition, right, To for yourself as a driver. Oh, for me as a yeah. self. Yeah, it was yeah. tough. It was tough seeing the two-car I mean, that I built out of a yeah. me and the guys did in the field over here yeah. and to see somebody else driving it, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was tough for a while, but I'm, I'm over that right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, then we have so much going on too with these teams and, and Dale's going to, you know, be doing NBC and, and lots of other fun projects. And I mean, I love being a mom, so I like to be involved in my kid's life and everything going on there too. So, I, but it's just going to be weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to be weird. Yeah. It's like when you've known this sport all your life, um, yeah, it's just going to be strange. You see him next time, just tell him I'm still supporting him. That I, I go when I'm going on my dealerships or flying around, and I go down to E Gate in Charlotte. I, I stop at Whiskey River every morning. I got the same waitress, and I they always got good breakfast there. And I always get my pancakes right there, no problem. I get it the same thing breakfast. too: two pieces of bacon, two pancakes, a cup of coffee. That I head out to the car dealerships and off to my appearances or whatever. So well, thank I do you stop for that. There. Thank sure. you for that. They do have some good stuff. All right. Well, it's been a great show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Just as much as I have. I also want to thank Exalta for all their support to Dirty My Radio, as well as Bedhead by TG and Fantastic Sam's for their support of Fastlane Family. Carson will be back with us next week. And meanwhile, I hope you all have a, a good couple weeks. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 